0: Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right, so I want to introduce Nathan Crane. I'm so excited that he's going to be on this episode. Nathan is a certified holistic cancer coach best-selling author, inspirational speaker, cancer health researcher, and educator, and 20-time award-winning documentary filmmaker with over 15 years in natural health, leadership, and personal development. So Nathan, welcome to the show.
1: Erica, thanks for having me. Oh, Um, yeah. Great podcast that you're doing, and I'm super happy to be here.
0: Well, thank you. Now, you have a podcast too, right?
1: I do, yeah. Yeah. What's it called? It's just my name. The Nathan Crane Podcast wasn't very it wasn't very original. I had a bunch of different health names and I was just like, eh, we'll just call it the Nathan Crane Podcast because I didn't want to be pigeoned into just, because I love researching, learning about experimenting and sharing with others everything related to health and wellness. And, you know, whether it's spirituality, it's meditation, it's diet, it's detox, it's, you know, uh, fitness and backpacking out in nature or whatever. And so, um, it really is all about holistic health, but holistic health to me is looking at mind, body, spirit, emotions, environment, relationships, you know, business, wealth, creation, entrepreneurship, all of it. I look at holistic from that holistic viewpoint of every aspect of life. And how do we make our lives, you know, the healthiest, most fulfilling, happiest, most abundant possible. That's really been my biggest focus for 17, 18 years now. Um, and so, yeah, so I just bring on awesome people and we have great conversations and can talk about a hundred different things. You know?
0: Well, then I will definitely need to be on your show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I want to learn more about your story. I mean, I yes. learned a little bit about, you know, your cancer healing journey so far, and it's uh, amazing. you're going through and what you're doing and sounds like you're on the right track so that's pretty pretty amazing
0: well i agree a hundred percent with you like holistic health it is well number one healing is a mindset first and foremost and it leaks into every area of our life and i think oh gosh just going into like why i didn't do conventional you know it it really didn't work on like the whole package of healing that i so much believed in it was just like okay we're gonna throw all these chemicals at you and kind of do this cutting burning and poisoning model. And it didn't resonate with me. And so I'm thats probably why my journey has been taking longer because I'm just allowing, you know, God to move me into just the inner healing um, that will result in the outward healing. So.
1: Well, you said, you said, so you, you have stage four ovarian cancer. Is that what you told me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: when you said taking longer, that's, that's something I've run across in working with a lot of clients and patients over the years is, is we have, when we have a health condition, whatever it is, you know, or an injury or, or a setback or some issue going on with our bodies or with our minds, it might even be depression. It might be a loss of a loved one. We get, for whatever reason, and I'm the same way, we get this thing in our minds. That's like, I want this healed now, you know, oh, like, yeah. this is over with today. I'm done dealing with this. It's that kind of mindset. And there's there's pros and cons of that mindset, right? The, the pros that I find is like, well, if you are positively focused on the solutions and you keep heading in that direction and you don't give up just because you're not seeing immediate results, then maybe you do accelerate your healing or you do improve your quality of life or you do extend your lifespan. I mean, with cancer, we know there's no guarantees, right? With holistic or conventional medicine, there's no oncologist in the world that can guarantee they will cure your cancer with whatever you know, new drug that they have. They cannot guarantee it. And many of them, you know, have very little promises of actually extending your lifespan past five years. We know that so many of those toxic treatments are actually killing people. It's very sad. And so, you know, on that hand, and then on the holistic hand, there's no guarantee when we coach, you know, when I coach cancer clients, it's like, I can't guarantee that uh, if they change all these things and follow all the, all the data and improve their diet and exercise and sauna and that they do everything 100%. It's at 100% compliant, which most people are not, but let's say they are. There's still no guarantee, but what I see is that you can improve your odds, right? You can improve your odds significantly the more you're willing to commit to the necessary changes that enhance your own body's ability to heal itself. So part of it, part of the challenge is recognizing Hey, that cancer has been growing in your body for many years. And in fact, it's probably been growing for decades and you didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. You know, you may have already been susceptible at a young age. You may have had toxins. I mean, we know now in the umbilical cords of newborn babies and in the umbilical cords, there's over 200 toxic chemicals, many of them cancer causing. Many of them are class one carcinogens. And that's what the baby is swimming in this toxic soup of cancer-causing chemicals before they're even in the world yet. And then they come out into the world and you know they're they're vaccinated with with chemicals and that have mercury that we know can cause cancer and can, can leach autoimmune disease. And then they're given all kinds of chemicals and preservatives and sugars that are in baby formulas and foods, and then they're you know, surrounded by toxic chemicals with the shampoos and the soaps. And and so people go, God, why are you killing our babies and giving them cancer? God's not giving our babies cancer. We're doing it ourselves. We're doing it ourselves unconsciously and unknowingly because most people are not aware that all their daily products, the water they're drinking, the food they're eating, their shampoo, their soaps, their lotions are filled literally with hundreds of toxic chemicals. And those chemicals are endocrine disruptors, they're cancer-causing, they destroy mitochondria, they create inflammation in the body and in the brain, and then you add the heavy metals to it, and the heavy metals that go straight through the blood-brain barrier and get lodged in the brain and lead to neurological issues. Uh, The heavy metals get stuck in the fat tissues, the adipose, adipose tissues around the body. This is all very well documented. I actually have a new web class I'm teaching on this to show all the science behind everything that I'm talking about right now, mm. where this, these chemicals are getting stuck in the body, causing inflammation, breaking down uh, and damaging the cells and contributing to cancer. And so you're 12 years old, you're 15 years old, you're 20 years old, you're 30 years old, and you already have years and years and years of this damage, this continuous damage, this continuous inflammation, this continuous damage. And then boom, let's add on top of it a, a traumatic situation. The loss of a parent or a loved one, you know, alcoholism in the family, you know, a childhood adverse event where you, you know, a parent goes to jail or a family member is abusive or whatever childhood adverse event, and then add maybe a second or third one, right? And now you have this trauma that's stuck in the body. And then, you know, you're an adult that needs to pay your bills and need to take care of your life. And now you got to worry about your health as well, because you're starting to get a little fatigued and not feeling well. And so you're drinking more energy drinks or more coffee or more sugar to try and feel better. And you're just putting more fuel on the fire. And that stress, the mental, emotional stress, the trauma is, has created neuropeptides that get lodged in the body and create chronic inflammation. And we know chronic inflammation is one of the underlying causes of cancer. So now we're, just, we're swimming in a soup of chemicals. We're swimming in a soup of neurochemicals that are from our stress that are downregulating our immune system and and contributing to con- cancer and boom you're 40 you're 45 you're 50 you're 55 and you have this cancer diagnosis and you go where did this come from right this is god why are you doing this to me you know what is this you know what why do i have this it's kind of a it's like i've done everything right i haven't done anything wrong well if you look back at your life your childhood your teenage years your, your you know early adult years and you look at all the things i just said i bet you of people with cancer could relate to some or all of that, right? I certainly could. I certainly was on track for cancer diagnosis really early on because I was living probably the most toxic life anybody could ever live. And thank God I I turned it around. But a lot of people don't get the chance to do that or the awareness of the education of what's actually causing cancer. And so we have to recognize it is a process that's been building In our bodies for a long time. And let's say it took you 30 years before that cancer actually got diagnosed, right? Let's just pretend it was 30 years or 20 years or 10 years. Well, how long do you think it's going to take if we do everything right for it to stop growing? Not even go away. Let's just say stop growing a year, two years maybe. And then maybe we can actually start to regress it a little bit. Maybe another year, maybe another two years. Maybe we'd it can you know the body can get to a point where it actually starts to completely eliminate it three years, four years, five years, six years. We don't really know there's no time frame on these things, right There's no real time frame on like you do everything right and the cancer goes away in three months or six months or a year. It could take a decade it if it took three or four decades for it to show up, maybe it takes a decade for it to go away you know that's that's the reality we need to accept that if we do everything right, the cancer may never go away, but how's your quality of life, right? Is your quality of life improving? Do you have more energy? Are you feeling better because you're making the right changes? And that's the case in so many people's lives that they're like, I don't even know that I have cancer anymore. I don't have any symptoms from it. I feel amazing, right? And they kind of start forgetting about the cancer because they're so focused on, you know, the meditation, the stress reduction, the the sauna practice, the 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 diet cleaning up the diet the exercise all the things that make you feel so good enhance the immune system and and fight cancer and all of a sudden their lives are so improved and they're feeling amazing that it's like oh cancer well, you know where, where, I kind of forgot that I even had that and then three years four years five years six years of doing checkups and it's like oh wow it hasn't grown at all or in fact I actually shrank a little bit or whatever it might be you know and so I see those cases pretty often mm-hmm. and and I think that's Very hopeful. And then you have people who the cancer completely goes away. And so that's very hopeful too. You know, it's like, yeah, that there is that possibility. There is that hope. And and I think we need to, you know, hope is an essential component of healing, right? Hope and faith. It's like those are two essential components of healing. Letting go. And the famous saying, letting go and letting God, right? Well, that's really important. And We need to keep educating ourselves and keep learning and keep implementing and experimenting and trying things and making the changes as we learn them. Because if we don't make the changes that are contributing to the cancer growth, then you know, it doesn't, I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't, I don't think we just sit around and pray all day. Like a lot of people believe, like I can still eat my Cheetos and my Doritos and my, you know, ribeye steaks and all this stuff, but I pray to God and then, you know, God will heal me maybe that miracle will happen. I believe it's possible, but you're, I think you're a hundred times more likely that if you pray and you make the changes necessary.
0: Right. Right. It's a partnership for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I just wanted to, I just want to share that because I know there's so much, there are a lot of people who, who don't recognize that. And I think it's an important thing to recognize that like, yes, we have, we've been given the power within us, to make the changes necessary, but we have to get the education first, which is why I do my podcasts. We do our coaching program. I write my books. I do my documentaries. All the things we do is to learn from the top minds around the world and help get that information out to as many people as possible. So people at least have the information and the ability, the, you know, the ability to make informed decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. And I'm glad you said that because um, I think most people They would want to be healed the day that they got diagnosed, right? I know I'm one of those, like, get her done kind of, you know, people. And I'm just like, God, I just want this journey to be over. But I almost feel like it is, it's going to be just, there's no one and done. Like forever, I feel like because of what I, I, the results that I don't want to have that I so could easily have, I just feel like it's like, I'm so much more careful, and just about how I love my life and, and how I want to live my life. And we could get into all of that, but I, I want to know, like, why did you even get into this line of work? Because you don't have your own cancer diagnosis, right?
1: No. So I, you know, I was, I grew up very, very sick as a young kid and ended up on antibiotics all the time. was on a really poor diet, ended up Addicted to drugs and alcohol, was basically homeless at 15 and was almost dead by 18. Mm. A very, very challenging young life. And, and, you know, all kinds of health issues. And um, barely made it to 18. But I did and I had this big awakening moment, a vision from God, if you will, a vision from my soul. And I saw myself in the future actually as a healthy person helping people. And mm. I thought, and I was 18, I was 17, 18, I thought. thought oh you know could that be possible like I didn't even know I didn't have hope or faith or possibility um at the time until I saw it I was like oh maybe I could live a different life maybe I don't have to live this life and so you know that's a long story for another time and I've shared it many other times in depth but so at 18 I basically left Montana moved to California started my life over and really got serious about you know, health and wellness, this was 2005 and started working out and quit smoking cigarettes. And eventually it took me years, but eventually stopped drinking, eventually stopped all drugs, even pharmaceuticals, even Tylenol, ibuprofen. I haven't had any of that for many, many years. And so like getting as clean as possible and experimenting with cleanses and detoxes and, you know, researching heavily and doing hours and hours of meditation and studying with all different kinds of spiritual traditions And, you know, I was about seven or eight years into that. And then, and then my grandpa was diagnosed with cancer. And so I was like in this health journey, I felt like I knew a lot at the time, which was mostly just ego really. And then when I went to go sit with my grandpa and realized I knew nothing about cancer and watched him sitting there suffering. And he was suffering from the treatment that he was receiving more than the cancer is what I saw. You know, he had leukemia, but he was doing chemotherapy and radiation and his hair had fallen out and he had gotten really sick and was in a lot of pain. And that was the symptoms of the, of the chemotherapy and radiation. And then he shortly passed away after that. And I just, I just felt so hopeless and helpless and was like, you know, there had to be something that could have saved his life in the natural world i just didn't know it yet so that was 2013 and that's when i just got really committed to learning everything i could about cancer and produced some of the first online summits about cancer in-person conferences started a magazine writing books produced an award-winning documentary on and on and on and on and just going out and learning from All of these amazing functional medical doctors, integrative oncologists, natural healers, holistic practitioners and cancer survivors, thrivers, and cancer conquerors, and doing hundreds and hundreds of interviews and asking the questions, what causes cancer? How are you healing your patients naturally? Looking into the research, reading the literature, reading literally thousands of studies and, and just taking that information and just sharing it as I learn it. And so through that journey, getting like a master's degree in cancer, um, just through life, you know, through as I would learn and share it, it's like, and I would research it and then I would make the changes in my own life too. So it's like, well, if I'm going to teach other people about eating this way or living this way or this, well, I better do it in my own life, experiment with it, see how it goes. And so now, you know, I've been living that way for over a decade, you know, closer to 15 years as I've been experimenting and making the changes in my own life. So my goal now is really to just help as many people as possible learn that cancer is not only primarily preventable, we know that cancer is actually not a genetic disease. In fact, less than 5% of cancer is even genetic, but it's it's a metabolic related disease. I mean, Otto Warburg in the early 1900s received a Nobel prize for his work around uh, understanding the metabolic pathways of cancer cells. And one of, in, in his research, he discovered that cancer can switch to a fuel source that's primarily based off of glucose. And what that means is, is, you know, cancer's able to get most of its energy from the glucose that we put in our body, the sugar that we put in our body. And when it does that, um, it's, it's highly inefficient. So it's only producing, you know, two ATP per molecule of glucose. Well, a healthy cell will produce 36 ATP. So you know my theory and why the cancer cells will rapidly progress is because and rapidly spread is because they're so inefficient they have to keep spreading to keep up with the demands of the cells of the body. You know they're only producing two ATP they should be producing thirty six. Well, I also think cancer is a survival mechanism, and I think Dr. Thomas Lodi, good friend of mine, uh, medical doctor, homeopathic medical doctor. Out of Thailand, he's got a clinic in Arizona. You know, he's shared this with me for years that like, cancer is basically keeping us alive. He says, you know, it's think about it. You can have a tumor, and that tumor is encapsulating all the cancer cells in one area, trying to keep it from spreading. Well, when it gets, you know, stage three and beyond, it's it's spread to other organs. You know, usually sp- spread through the lymphatic system because your lymphatic system is part of the immune system, and it's trying to clean up and repurpose and actually remove those cancer cells from the body. So when it just keeps spreading through the lymphatic system, it can take over, but it's really trying to keep us alive in some degree. So we have this weird belief system that cancer's this invading enemy. We need to attack it, radiate it, cut it, burn it, et cetera, get it out of you. It's like a, an attacker, but it's really not. It's our It's our body's own survival mechanism because of the destruction and damage that has happened to our body, our internal environment over a prolonged period of time. Mm -hmm. And when we can accept that and go, okay, the cancer is actually here to kind of keep us alive because imagine if all those cells just died immediately, we would probably die or stop functioning properly. So I think it's part of, it's like, well, it needs to stay alive. But it goes into a chronic fermentative state and it depends highly, not solely, but highly on glucose. Now, cancer can also switch to other fuel sources. So it's not only glucose. And that's why the ketogenic diet is not not necessarily the best or the only diet for cancer. And in fact, long-term ketogenic diets can be very dangerous and, and unhealthy. So short-term, you know, plant-based ketogenic diets have shown some really strong benefits for cancer patients. So have uh ketogenic diets in general, three months, four months on, but being on it for a long period of time can actually be very dangerous because you can become very deficient in the nutrients that your body needs. You just, I mean, we need vegetables in our body. We yep. need them. And most of the anti-cancer properties come from vegetables. Yep. Look at the sulforaphane from, you know, the brassica family, the broccoli and and the uh, cabbage and the all of the dark leafy green vegetables it's it literally anti-cancer helps clean up oxidation helps reduce the inflammation helps get to the root of the cancer so we need the dark leafy green vegetables um you know carrots that's why the gerson therapy has so much carrot juice and vegetable juice because of all of the um antioxidants that the beta carotene that's in the carrots so when you're drinking that it's like you're basically cleaning up and helping heal those damaged cells so they don't become cancerous. Going back to Otto Warburg, part of what is amazing about that discovery was realizing that what's actually causing the cells to ferment and become cancerous is the damage to the mitochondria. The mitochondria, the little powerhouses inside the cells, too many of them get damaged or die off. And then that cell, in basically an efforts, like a survival mechanism to stay alive, it just has to switch its metabolic pathways, starts to ferment, and then and then we call it cancer. Well, cancer's not really a disease in that sense because it's like, hey, we're just trying to, the cell's just trying to stay alive. But at some point, we want those cells to die as well. We want apoptosis to happen. Or we want the cell to be regenerated and turned back to a healthy cell. So that's where it's like getting adequate nutrition, make sure you have enough vitamins and minerals, Anti cancer properties that are in the darkly green vegetables, in the carrots, in the mushrooms, the, the the reishi mushroom, which has also known as gonoderma. I learned about this mushroom 14, 15 years ago when I was working with a um, with a supplement company and we were putting reishi mushrooms in coffee and and drinking that, and it was a powder. It looked at the science behind gonoderma. It's like the most studied mushroom on the planet from what I saw and its anti-cancer and its longevity properties are incredible, but then add, you know, lion's mane and turkey tail and a lot of these other mushrooms to a mix. I put them in a powder, put them in my coffee in the morning, start my day that way after a a glass of uh, fresh green vegetable juice, right? And so nature has the solutions for us. It's in the, it's in the plants, it's in the herbs, it's in the legumes, it's into dark leafy greens, it's into vegetables, it's even into berries. You know, the berries have incredible antioxidants and help fight against cancer. So, cleaning that up, getting the processed food out, getting, you know, the processed sugar out. No, sugar is not bad when it's in its natural state. And that's an important thing I think people need to understand is that when sugar's in fruit, when it's in good carbohydrates like legumes, like let's say beans or lentils, even Organic soy, for example, that has tremendous amount of flavonoids and cancer protectant in estrogen protection. People get this so wrong because of a faulty study from years ago um, that I've you know debunked a hundred times that basically says, oh, it has phy- soy has phytoestrogen in it. So it's bad. It's going to make your estrogen increase. I eat soy literally every single day and my estrogen has never increased and my testosterone is still at a healthy state. It has nothing to do with increasing estrogen. So in fact, it has phytoestrogen, plant-like estrogen, which actually attaches to the beta estrogen receptors. And what that means is, is it blocks excess estrogen, like from the xenoestrogens that come from plastic, it blocks those from coming in and causing spikes in estrogen. So it's actually estrogenically protective as well as anti-inflammatory high protein and has shown tremendous uh, signs for being anti-cancer as well. So there's just a lot of misinformation out there that needs to get cleared up. There are you know so-called doctor experts out there talking, oh, plants are bad, don't eat them. And it's like, look, the the diet that we see the most success with when it comes to cancer, diabetes, heart disease is a whole food, plant-based, nutrient rinse organic diet. With okay. legumes and beans and organic soy, you know, mushrooms and berries and seeds and nuts, you know, and uh, healthy grains in diversity, fresh vegetable juice every day. And then of course, adding in the, the you know, other lifestyle changes. But that's a diet where we have actually seen and where I've seen the most case studies come from of people who mm-hmm. have reversed irreversible cancers and not just cancer, heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune disease. And, and we see it all the time, all the time. So for someone to go out and say, oh, that's bad for you. Don't eat that. like They are literally spreading real misinformation and harming people because those things are not bad for you, especially when eaten in the right amounts and in diversity and in whole plant foods. So again, it's just realizing like, hey, cancer is a metabolic disease. It's primarily preventable. We can prevent it. Yep. Don't. And when we have cancer, there's a lot we can do to, to empower our bodies. The food's not going to cure your cancer. The food's going to empower your body to do what it's designed to do, which your body's designed to help target, uh, destroy, eliminate, recycle those cancer cells, as well as you know enhance the immune system, fight, fight off pathogens and invaders that cause chronic inflammation that can lead to cancer in the body. So it's all about empowering our body and then the body does the work. And that's the amazing thing. We are these incredibly intelligently designed beings. That's how I don't understand people, it's you know, like an atheist who believes there's no creator, no God, no whatever. It's like, how can you look at the intelligence that's in every cell of our entire body or look at the intelligence that goes into an apple tree or an orange tree, for example right, where it's this self-replicating, incredibly brilliant, incredibly nutritious tree that provides indefinitely for all of the animals and beings around it that, want it that want to enjoy it, produces seeds so that more can grow, so it can, you know, millions and millions and millions of trees can grow, taste delicious, we love it, you know, you go grab an orange from a tree, there's like nothing better than that, or an apple, or pick your fruit, a banana, a mango, whatever, And, and we love it. And it's like, you look at that, look at the design of our cells, of our bodies, you know, the mitochondria, how we live together in in symbiosis, like, how can you not believe there's not some kind of higher intelligence behind all of this and you know, which religion is closest to, to defining that. It's like, I'm not going to say I'm not, I'm not, I've studied with many different religions and, and I think they're all have a lot of beauty in them, a lot of beauty um and they have some differences too but i to me that doesn't matter what matters to me is that hey we do connect to a higher source a higher power god whatever you want to call you know this higher intelligence that is animating the life within us and recognize that we have we can tap into that source into that power into god and through intelligence and education and action taking right action We can create miracles in our lives. That's what's amazing. And I see it all the time.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, I love everything you're saying. I want to take a quick break from today's episode and talk about an immune system molecule that's getting a lot of attention around the world. Now, most of you who watch me on my social media... I'm sure have heard me talk about it. It's a molecule that educates your immune system to help your body recognize a threat and respond to it by taking it out. It makes your immune system 437% smarter and it activates your natural killer cells. It also does more than that, but for the sake of time, I won't get into all the details of what it does. However, I just heard from a panel of doctors, and what struck my attention was they said that if you have a weakened immune system, that is how disease is able to enter in. But if you have a strong immune system, well, let's just say tumors are unaccepted. They are not able to grow. If your immune system is strong. I want to encourage you, if you are curious about what this immune system molecule could do for your health and taking your health next level, email me at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into today's episode. So I, I'm a big believer with how, you know, God has given us so much around us, like knowledge and wisdom, but there's even a scripture. So I, I'm a Christian and I'm huge uh, follower and lover of Jesus Christ. And um, in his word, it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge in the book of Hosea. And so just like you said, you know, like God has given us everything we need to not just survive, but thrive. And we can thrive in every area of our life if we will apply ourselves and if we're willing to do the work. Like I said earlier, it's a partnership. So I'm in agreement with everything you're saying, Nathan. So Let's switch gears just a little bit because I want to make sure to talk about um, the immune system, especially in regards to cancer and beta glucan. So uh, I'm actually taking a beta glucan. I, I I don't think it's the one that you are that you know you represent, but I definitely want to switch gears and get the one that you're on. But I already have a question about that. I had made a post. I have a, a cancer group on Facebook called Hope and Healing for Cancer, and. W- There was, um, I I was talking about beta-glucan and someone asked, you know, about the uh, fungus or, you know, can someone use that product since it's made from yeast Um, or, you know, so if someone has like a candida overgrowth, can they actually take beta-glucan? So can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, so first off, um, beta-glucan is the most studied natural immune modulator On the planet with over 200,000 published studies on PubMed and literally dozens of active trials going on. And you can see this at clinicaltrials.gov. If you go to Taiwan, Japan, Korea, um, it's actually an approved drug and has been used as an adjuvant treatment for cancer for many years. And there's a ton of studies on it specifically for anti-tumor activities. Of beta glucans, so beta glucans comes from a number of different sources. Like you said, it can come from yeast, can come from mushrooms, comes from different plants. It's basically an active component in whether it's algae or bacteria or oats or mushrooms, and it has this incredible, again, going back to nature, the design of nature, and then you know being connected with nature, it bringing it into our bodies has this incredible anti-cancer property built into it. So, like, you go to PubMed and you just type in "glucan," for example, you will find literally thousands and thousands of studies, and and many of them are titled like this: "Anti-Tumor Effect of Soluble Beta Glucan as an Immune Stimulant."
0: How much would would someone take?
1: Well, that all depends. Yeah, I mean that all that all depends like on the source, the product, where you're getting it, how many milligrams are in each dose, but let me go back to your question earlier. Um, well, I'll finish this and then answer the question from the Facebook group person. But when you go to PubMed, you can type like "glucan immune system," for example, "glucan cancer," etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and you will see thousands and thousands of studies of how the beta glucans interact with the immune system, modulate the immune system, enhance the immune system. As, as Dr. Lodi said in my famously said in my documentary, you know there is a cure for cancer it's called the immune system. If you have a functioning immune system, you generally don't have to worry about cancer. Well, cancer cells can also kind of disguise themselves from our immune system. So so we have to take a multi-pronged approach with cancer. It can't just be one thing or one supplement or one chain because it's not only, you know, there are things like energy medicine and there's a lot of science behind this. I just did a presentation on this yesterday and shared the science behind it that actually a very ancient form of Qigong was shown in Petri dishes. This is just energy medicine to literally break the cell membrane of the cancer cell. Well, that's really important because a lot of nutrients can't get in past that cell membrane. Like if you're taking curcumin from turmeric, you know, natural anti-cancer, natural anti-inflammatory, you know, Boswellia, which is incredible as well, or also known as frankincense, very famous in the Bible as well. You know, they can't get into the cancer cells sometimes. So if you have methods that, Actually help break open that cell membrane, and then those nutrients can get in and take care of that cancer cell that's also really important, um, but enhancing the immune system is essential, so there's tons and tons of studies you can go look at I'm not going to go through all of them right now because um, there's literally thousands, but the beta glucan I take is from better way health it's five hundred milligrams is the uh, is the serving, and you know with a supplement it's like you can't give you know, specific advice for cancer to say, hey, take this much for this. It's not, it just doesn't work that way. But I do know when interviewing one of the top beta glucan experts on the planet, you know, this is the one that he highly recommends um, Mm -hmm. starting with 500 a day and, and seeing how that works, 500 milligrams. And then, you know, enhancing it up from there, you could take it two times a day, three times a day, four times a day. And it's not about beta glucan is going to eliminate your cancer. It's about the beta glucans interacting with the immune system to help your body, you you know, work on fighting against that cancer. And so I don't know if there is an unsafe amount, you know, I wouldn't go to 5,000 milligrams a day or something like that. I wouldn't personally do that. I don't know if there's an adverse events from you know, too much beta-glucan, that's something I would have to look further into. I do know, you know, taking 500 milligrams twice a day uh, from what I've seen doesn't have adverse events, but you start with 250 or 500 milligrams a day and you can slowly increase from there and see how your body responds. But at the same time, if you're getting most of those nutrients from the foods we just talked about, Mm -hmm. then you're getting tons of beta-glucans in your diet already, especially if you're eating oatmeal. In the morning, and you're, you know, adding mushrooms and mushroom powders throughout your day. You know, you're getting these these natural beta glucans into your diet, and then supplementing with it. It can can definitely be helpful. No, it does not. If, you know, the beta glucan that comes from yeast, it does not actually have yeast in it that is completely removed from it. So, no, it has no effect on candida whatsoever. Uh, I want to make sure I answered that for your, because there was a question that I I had as well when I was researching it, and and no, it it, it has no impact on candida. It's actually putting yeast in your body. The beta glucan is extracted from the yeast. And so there's no yeast left that you're putting in your body.
0: Okay. Very good. Okay. As you and I have discussed, you know, and everything that I've done for my immune system, I'm super passionate about it because it's worked and I've, you know, done many, many things and we won't get into it for the sake of time. And, you know, Dr. Keneally, who is um, my doctor and their motto at the Cancer Center for Healing is, let's, you know, obviously they're going to, you know, they do the RGCC test, which I'm sure you're aware of. And then they, they treat you according to what's on your RGCC, but then they also take it a step further. And then they say, well, let's also go ahead and try this. And they kind of just like throw anything and everything at the person to see what sticks. But everything really was for the immune system. So I I love that you're passionate about the immune system because I believe it's our God-given operating system. And, um, you know, like we talked about before, God gave us everything within us to heal. So let's talk about more about the immune system.
1: Do you do, I know Dr. Keneally really well. She's a good friend of mine. She's in my leadership council. She's on my board of directors. Been to her center multiple times. Good, good friends with her. I love what they do. Do you do? But I know they're not. And when it comes to diet, they're not as strong about the plant-based diet as I am. Are you on a plant-based diet, or what? No. Do you, how, what's your diet look like?
0: Um, so just whole foods, very clean. Um, but she had me on keto when mm-hmm. I first uh, when I first got there, and I would meet other patients that were doing plant-based, and I was wondering, you know, why this person's on keto and why this person's on plant-based. I never got my answer, but she she never seemed to push me at all towards plant-based in fact you know i'm sure you follow her on instagram and she's always eating a right. big fat steak right with her baked potato and her butter and sourdough bread. Yeah,
1: you'll need to have a talk with her about that yeah <laughs> no but yeah. but when i would i mean if it were me uh and i were in your position yeah. i would go all in for the next let's say six months for example on a really diverse nutrient dense whole food plant-based diet and in addition to that drink fresh green vegetable juice with carrots in there at least twice a day so 16 ounces twice a day so add some carrots uh but then make sure there's kale you can add an apple in there as well but you know make sure there's cruciferous vegetables in there you know green um kale and then add in you know cucumber and celery parsley is a detoxifier you can add in broccoli you know, it can get a little strong but getting that fresh green juice with some carrots in there a couple times a day. In addition to, and when I say whole food, nutrient dense, diverse plant-based diet, it's every, you know, if you're having a couple meals, two or three meals a day, each plate has a good diversity of beans, some kind of legume, make sure they're fully cooked and you cook out, you know, any of the, you know, the thing with, with lectins and things like that that people complain about. It's very often either beans that aren't fully cooked and you can cook out most of the lectins from the beans, or they're just not used to them. Their body hasn't developed a microbiome and the microorganisms yet to help digest them. So that just takes time of eating them a couple of weeks, two or three weeks. But each plate should have, you know, legumes, should have salad, some kind of mixed salad. So good, just mixture of vegetables, some kind of like onion, mushroom, garlic in there, right? I love to cook with like onion garlic things like that um but but you don't need much of that cuz it's it's strong medicine greens beans onions mushrooms you know and then and then berries and seeds so nuts and seeds you don't need very much a little bit a little handful goes a long way that can be eaten as a snack can be added to a salad sunflower seeds sesame seeds flax seeds chia seeds all these kinds of seeds that are you know omega 3 rich in omega 3 is anti-inflammatory super Good for the body, um, and then like the berries and fruits and things like that. You have a piece of fruit or you know handful of berries, whatever, as dessert after. And you eat like that two or three times a day. You're getting all your nutrients, your amino acids, your phytonutrients, your vitamins, your minerals, your protein, everything you need, and all the fiber that's cleaning out the gut and the anti-inflammatories and the anti-cancer properties. Um, I mean, Dr. Connors, Dr. Kevin Connors, good friend of mine. He had stage four colon cancer chose to go the natural route. He said, yeah, I cut out meat and dairy because I knew that was contributing to it. He went to a hundred percent whole food plant-based diet and then, you know, was doing pulse electromagnetic frequency, or uh, actually he uses RIFE, mm. kind of like PEMF, but different. Yeah. RIFE and some other changes, but cut out the dairy, cut out the meat, eat the whole food plant-based diet and, uh, and was able to put his cancer stage four colon cancer into complete remission. Um, You know, I just think it's essential. I don't know why more functional doctors aren't really encouraging their patients to go down that path because that's really where majority of the science shows us is the healthiest diet, especially for cancer. Wow. But eating that way and then the juice each day yep, and everything else you're doing. I don't know if you're doing sauna a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And yep. so, you know, adding in More sauna over time, three days, four days, five days a week, 10 minutes, 15, 20, 25 minutes. Like you don't want to go to the extreme to where you're so fatigued afterwards and you feel terrible. That's why you want to build it in slowly and accumulate more time. All the studies from the Nordic countries on the sauna showed that the more time you were in the sauna and the more often you were in the sauna, the all-cause mortality continued to reduce drastically. So it's like 10 minutes a day, three days a week, saw great benefit. But then 20 minutes a day, three days a week, saw even more benefit. And then 20 minutes a day, five days a week, saw more benefit. It was literally dose and time dependent. So it's like, but with cancer, you wanna be mindful that you don't do things so intense that now your body's putting all its energy on repairing what the damage you just did instead of focusing on the cancer. So it's like, you start with 10 minutes. All right, you feel good. All right, the next day, maybe you go 12 minutes. Hey, you know, still feeling good. Maybe next day you go 13, until you can build to 15 or 20 minutes at a time, five or six minutes a day. There was a really interesting study on sauna that I saw where, I can't remember the percentage right now, but they measured the percentage of heavy metals in the sweat after, right after the sauna and saw this massive increase percentage of, of heavy metals that because there are people, if you go out and go, does sauna actually detoxify you from metals and stuff? And there are a bunch of people out there that say, oh no, it doesn't. There are doctors and scientists that say, no, that's not true. And yet there are studies that have literally tested the sauna, the sweat, and shown the massive increase of heavy metals that have come out mm. your sweat from your body. Where did those heavy metals come from? They magically appeared on your body. They weren't there before and now they're there, right? It's like, come on. So sauna is incredible for helping detox, but also stimulating the immune system, uh, increasing heat shock proteins, which have a great benefit to repair on the body and and contributing towards longevity and fighting against chronic disease. And also cancer can't thrive in a high heat environment. So that's why if you go to a functional medical doctor who has experience and certification with hypothermia, putting people into, and you have to be very careful with this, but actually increasing the body temperature to a degree that starts to kill the cancer. It's it's pretty incredible to see that cancer cells, so cancer cells, one, they can't survive in high heat, but also they can't survive in an alkaline, aerobic environment. So the point of the diet is to get rid of the acidic foods, the meats and the dairies and things that may contribute towards acidity in the body, add in and the processed foods and the high sugar foods, the packaged foods, and add in the anti-inflammatory, the alkalizing foods. And that doesn't count out apple cider vinegar and, and lemons and limes. Those actually have an, out, even though they're acidic in nature, they actually have an alkalizing effect on the body because they help reduce your body's need to produce excess acid. So it's a really interesting thing, but the the acidic foods, uh, the dry foods, the foods that are not from nature, that are made in laboratories, you know, we cut those out. We put the fresh foods in, and so we're alkalizing the the body, uh, mm-hmm. heating it up through things like sauna, which sauna may not necessarily be killing the cancer cells, but it's stimulating your body's ability to to help fight the cancer cells,
0: right.
1: and then the aerobic. That's where we have to breathe either through deep breath, high intensity interval training, even in short bouts getting more oxygen into the body. The Wim Hof breathing method, you know, deep yogic breathing practices, but a daily deep breathing practice where we're literally oxygenating the cells. It's essential that we do this and that we also help stimulate the lymphatic system and move the toxins and the cancer cells through the lymphatic system and out of the bloodstream. It's really important that we get our, our aerobic capacity elevated so that uh, our our breath practice brings in that oxygenation because cancer cells, they actually create a slightly anaerobic acidic environment around the outside of the, around the, uh, around the cancer cell. Mm-hmm. So you have to change the pH of your blood by doing this. You can change the pH of your urine. You can test that. And that's like, yeah, okay, that's not super accurate. But you can actually change... I believe you can change the pH of the cancer cell, certainly when it transforms either back to a healthy cell or through apoptosis dies. So that's that's the part that we're trying to change is actually the pH around the cell. And that's through these lifestyle changes that we're talking about.
0: Okay, I love it. Wow. So what are your thoughts? I have so many questions right now. Um, I Lately, I've actually had people, going back to the nutrition part really quick, I had people asking me, you know, what I think about someone who has a cancer diagnosis, if it's okay to eat eggs. Have you, have you been hearing anything about that lately?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I've done a ton of research on eggs. Um, I don't, I stopped eating eggs years ago. I don't think eggs are necessary. I don't think they're that healthy for you. Um, mm. I've looked at a lot of research on both sides. I've looked at research that shows eggs are healthy and don't contribute to heart disease and chronic disease. And I've looked at research that says eggs are very unhealthy and they're high in saturated fat and they do contribute to disease and heart disease and so forth. For me, I just, I actually was like eating eggs because I've eaten them off and on over the years. And I was eating them a few years back again, once in a while, and it was like, they just started like like tasting disgusting to me. So I stopped eating them. My kids have an egg every now and then. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't mind if someone's eating eggs. The problem is if you're heating up and frying those eggs in, in seed oils or olive oil or things like that, that's going to contribute towards yep. metabolic dysfunction. So yep. that's a big thing. Like, are you frying your eggs? And then that's how you make them taste the best, right? Fry them up in oil and lots of salt and herbs and things like that, spices and all that, you know, or are you, you know, poaching it in the water, which would be a better thing to do without the oil eating it raw i mean there are countries where they eat eggs raw all the time it's a you know quote unquote delicacy suck it right out in the philippines i have friends from the philippines they just suck the eggs right out of the Ooh. it's kind of disgusting but, yeah <laughs> you know i think if you're going to eat it it's like you know that's it's like a, a vegetable or a fruit or something in its raw form and it's generally the healthiest generally in most cases mm-hmm. um, It is generally the healthiest in our, in our mouth is designed to chew and masticate. And as it does it, the enzymes interact with the molecules of the food and actually trigger our brain to produce, um, the enzymes needed to digest that food and help send the nutrients where it needs to go in the body. It's a really fascinating science to understand that like the interaction with the food and our mouth is actually really, really important. Um. There's a whole neuroscience behind it as well. That's really, really interesting. But for me, I I mean, I don't recommend eggs. If you're going to eat eggs, maybe once or twice a week. But again, don't fry them in oil. Like super important. Quit. If you have cancer or you're really concerned about cancer, you really need to cut down on the oils, the seed oils. all
0: everything processed. Oh my goodness.
1: Sunflower oil, this oil, that oil. Even if it's organic, it doesn't matter. It's an oil that's been removed from the actual plant itself. And so you have no more fiber. You have no more nutrients in it. You've basically taken out the life of that plant and just extracted the oil. And the oil is just a massive, you know, bolus right to the bloodstream that then starts to mess with your insulin response when you're taking in carbohydrates. And so, you know, see this massive insulin spike because you're getting all this oil and fat into your body at the same time with carbohydrates. And then yes, you are gonna be on the path towards metabolic dysfunction, metabolic disease, heart disease, cancer, all of that. So it's like, you have to reduce the oils. People go, oh, it's the carbohydrates are bad. That's what's spiking my insulin. You know, even if you're wearing a, or it's spiking my glucose, if you're wearing a glucose monitor, take out the oil that you just had, and then eat that piece of fruit and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. Totally different. So you really, um, so that's really, really important. And like I said, yeah, I would, I would reduce them, or like me, I just avoid them completely. I just, I have no desire to eat eggs anymore.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been doing research. You know, talking about the seed oils on basically because our body is unable to process seed oils. They, they actually turn rancid in the body. And I was like, okay, just even that picture is you know disgusting and i've you know most of
1: them are rancid before you even put it in your body so those those oils have been sitting on shelves for a very long time before they even come to us and the light is causing the oil to go rancid i mean like flax oil is one of the worst things for you because it's rancid almost immediately after they process it Mm. so flax seeds people think flax oil fish oil Olive oil, vegetable oils, these things are healthy. And they're really not that healthy for you. They're really not. Coconut oil is a better option in most cases. Organic, pure, cold processed olive oil is kind of a second best, but I would reduce it significantly. And then I wouldn't use any other oils other than that.
0: Oh, so what do you think about avocado oil?
1: Same thing. I mean, again, it's just extracted from the plants so yeah it, it is shown to be you know a little less rancid in general little better to cook with but for for oils it's like just eat the food to get the nutrients and the fiber and avoid the oils mm. you know and i know it's hard but it's like hey use a teaspoon instead of three tablespoons you right. know um cook differently cook with water you can water saute everything yeah and, and still make it taste delicious. So yeah. there's, there's a lot you can do now. If it's your, if it's your health you're concerned about, cancer diagnosis or whatever, like these are the changes you need to make. And it doesn't matter what drug you take, what chemotherapy you take, what radiation you take. And let's say the cancer goes away. If you don't make the changes that caused the cancer anyway, yep. it's that's gonna come back. It's gonna right. be. So we might as well make the changes now.
0: Exactly. Oh my goodness. Yes, well, we're running out of time, but I yeah, I, I apologize.
1: I have I only have 4 minutes left. I apologize about that.
0: Oh <laughs> no, that's okay. So, real quickly, do you believe that anyone and everyone can be healed of a cancer diagnosis if they are willing and they want to? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I've like I've thought a lot about this over the years and you know what I have come to believe is that Everybody is capable of healing. Yes. What it's going to take for that person to heal, you know, I don't know. It might be a little different for each person. What I do know is that if we can get to the root causes of the disease and whether it's healing the emotional trauma, the childhood adverse events, cleaning up the diet that we know is contributing to the disease, adding in the exercise, the sauna, the Getting the heavy metals out, cleaning up the water, the air, all the things. We do everything perfect. I think I think there is an absolute opportunity and possibility for every single person to heal. Now, will if everyone did everything hundred percent perfect, would a hundred percent of people heal? I don't know. I can't say yes. You know, it's like I still there's a part of me there's a there's a spiritual part of me that feels like, hey, when it's our time to go, it's our time to go, as hard as that is. To, to say and as hard as it is to hear, because I want to live to 100 years old, healthy and be there for my grandkids and great grandkids. I have a lot of things planned in my life that I want to experience. I want to help a lot of people. It's like, I want to contribute as much as I can for as long as I can. Like, yeah, I have no yeah. desire to retire, right? It's like, I'm here with a purpose and I want to fulfill that purpose as long as I possibly can. And if it's my time to go into the next life, into the next transition, to the next, you know, heaven, whatever you want to call it. It's like, then part of me is like, well, maybe that's, that's what's supposed to be. It's out of my control. So there are certainly things out of our control. Yeah. And there are many, many things in our control. So right. I try to focus more on what can I change? That's in my sphere of control,
0: exactly.
1: focus on that and let, let the rest go, like, just let the rest go. And so what I've seen over the years, that's really inspiring to me is cancer patients who have come up to me and said, you know, cancer saved my life. I said, what do you mean cancer saved your life? Literally, you know, I was, my relationship was falling apart. I was disconnected from my kids. I was in a job that I hated. You know, I was angry and upset all the time. I had all this resentment and all this anger from my, from my past relationship or from my childhood. And through the years of learning all this stuff we're talking about now, you know, I healed this past trauma. I forgave my father who beat me or, or molested me. I changed my diet. I have more energy. I, I feel more free as a human being. I quit that job that was literally killing my soul. You know, I found a purpose and a passion and, you know, they gave me six months to live and here I am. I'm 10 years later. The cancer's still there, but it's like, it's not even there. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't do anything. And I'm living this amazing life that I never even thought was possible. Yes. Cancer literally saved my life. Yes. and That's, you know, Dr. Francisco Contreras told me years ago, he said, when people stop asking the question, why me? And instead ask, what for? Mm. That's when they will heal. That's when they will go forward towards healing. What is this for? What is this here to teach me? How is this here to help me? What can I do with this? You know, how can I use this diagnosis to be better, to help others, to get out of my ego, to heal emotionally, to let go of all this baggage I'm holding on to? What is this for? What's the higher reason, the higher purpose, the God-given reason of this disease? How can it help me and help others? We focus on that more often than not, miracles happen. Exactly. That's what I'd see. And so, yes, I think it's possible for everybody. And I also think there's a higher purpose in it for everybody. And for each person, they have to discover that for themselves.
0: Completely. Yes. And some people, uh, they just don't know how to do the work and to dig in to find out what is it for? Because kind of that victim mentality is going to be like, oh, this is happening to me. But it's like, well, no, I'm I'm a champion in all things. So this is actually happening for my highest good, you know, but that doesn't just easily happen. Um, I've been a coach for a year. So that's kind of the mindset that I live by. Real quickly though, oh my gosh, you guys, um, I just wanna brag on his book. So Nathan wrote a book called Becoming Cancer-Free. It's amazing so far in what I read. It's an Amazon bestseller. And if if anybody listening in wanted to work with you, I'm kind of curious myself, actually. But what would be then the next steps for that, and how do people find you?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for that. You know, one thing I've done with that book. Thank you, thank you for buying it. Uh, it's on Amazon. Anyone can go buy it there. But um, I also just give it away for free for people. Mm. Uh, the ebook, the download. So if you want the physical book, I'm a physical book guy. I Like to read yeah. hard copies, but I also like to just help people in every way possible. Um, And so I give it away for free at becomingcancerfree.com. People can go download it there. Um, They'll be able to join my newsletter. And then through there, they'll learn about different programs and offers that we have, whether it's if someone's interested in coaching or they want to watch our documentaries or, you know, anything like that. So that's probably the best place for people to go.
0: Okay, awesome. And have you created a course?
1: Yeah, I have a masterclass with the same title. Um, They'll learn about it through through downloading the book as well. And the masterclass is basically it's the videos of the content from the book, as well as, you know, worksheets and downloads um, and practices. And basically everything that's in the book, it's put into like a video format teaching with audios and transcripts and then worksheets that go along with it.
0: Oh, wow. Awesome. All right. Well, I will let you go. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. I know my audience will love it.
1: It's my my honor. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. You take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at it's Erica matthews, and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.